Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Oh, sorry. sorry. You ruined my intro. Sorry. sorry. And I'm going to do it again. Sorry. Sorry. You know what? Maybe I won't do the intro. Maybe uh, maybe this is this is how I should start the podcast from now on. Guys, this is Why Won't You Date Me. It's a new episode. My guest today. I'm going to get right into it. Oh, daddy-o. You better believe. He's a hilarious comedian and an actor. Who hosted the Team Coco Live monthly comedy show? Ooh, he's got a new, he's got a new comedy special. Ooh, it's called White Trash. It's available on HBO Max. It's Moses Star. That's not the regular intro. <laughs> No, usually I talk about uh, uh, why uh, uh, I'm trying to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could come in my eye and I would say, thank you. That's yummy for me to keep my eyes closed. I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's (laughs) shocking every time. Is there this pressure now to stay single to make the show work? Hell no. I'll get in a relationship tomorrow. If somebody 
you know, would have me. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Come on. Not yet. Nobody has asked me to be in a relationship yet. And here's the thing. It's like, why wouldn't you date me? It's like, sorry, you wouldn't date me because I'm in a relationship. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't end the podcast. Okay. There's a new, there's a new breath. They're asking about season eight and don't worry. I've, I have answers. (laughs) I mean, it does seem insane that you would have, I guess it's now it's you who's can be picky. I mean, you're on podcast. You're on TV. You're on stand up. You're on motorcycles. Hell yeah, dude. You're on roller skates. Ooh, baby. You're on all the things. I am. I'm on all of the wheels that you could be on. I am doing things. Moses, I have a question for you. You're in a relationship. Yeah. How did you do that? How did it happen? It makes people angry when I say the story. So I'm working on, and hopefully you can help me come up with a better one. But okay. the very first Tinder date I went on, I oh was like, God. I'm not looking for anything. I, it was a joke messaging people because it was like a very new app in 20, mm-hmm. late 2014. It was still this thing of like, this is the hookup app. Mm-hmm. Uh, went on one Tinder date and... Uh, it's been together ever <laughs> since. <laughs> that makes people fucking furious when they find yeah, that that's out. That's fucking wild. So, okay, what was sa- you were joking around in messages to uh, uh, your current partner? What yeah. were you saying? Uh, okay, so it was a couple days before Thanksgiving. Everything is against mm-hmm. us. It's the saddest okay. time to be trying to date, and it's the worst. Even if you have a good family, it's like I'm about to leave and go spend time at home. This is a real sentence. I was just leaving an art exhibit that I had lived in for two months. <laughs> I was leaving an art exhibit that I lived was l- in. Living in an art exhibit where people okay. could watch me shit, shower, shave, twenty four seven. It was open for two months. Uh, where in downtown LA in the fashion district, and no fashion has ever been done there. It's is front for drugs. So wait, was your dick just out for everybody to look at? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was essentially I had gotten uh, cheated on slash. She was like we were never really together. Uh, oh, a couple months before, and mm-hmm. I was essentially throwing the world's most expensive fit by okay. moving into this I, art exhibit. I don't know if it's a fit. I feel like it's like a real eat, pray, love, but for the artiste. Yes, I like you framing it that way. <laughs> I look back, I took the video down of it because I cringe at it. It's just a mm. very angry young man that's like, well, yeah, someone she cheated because she didn't want to be with you. That's just like people have their own right. You know, not owed anything. No, mm. everyone has their own pain and things that they're interested in. And to be fair to her, we were never really together because I don't know. Have you ever had a relationship start this way? She's like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's what she said in the beginning. Don't yeah. tell nobody. But I think if you're 21, 22, it's like, how romantic. It's, it's a Romeo. Ooh, it's secret. I love it. Yeah. She was a known figure person. And um, uh, much hotter than me. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I was, like, very lucky that I caught her at a very bad time in her life mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> just happened to be there and be a, a little bit kind, but still very immature uh, 21-year-old, 22-year-old. She was about six years older than me. Uh, oh, wow. And, yeah, that was, like, part of the reason. Uh, 
So then that ended, and I I just couldn't handle it. At 21, uh, that's the most pain that anyone ever felt in their life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then essentially did this thing as a half joke of like, oh, everyone's abusing crowdfunding right now. Zach Braff is, (laughs) you know, trying to raise money for a movie. That's okay. And then, uh, but then behind it, if I really examined why I was doing it, it was just throwing a very expensive fit to wow. get her attention. I don't know what the end goal was, but. Did she reach out to you? She like heard you shitting in public and sleeping for people <laughs> to watch. Are you doing okay? When you you want to go to dinner? When you put it like that, it sounds awful. <laughs> heard you shitting in public. Yeah, who wouldn't want to get back together? <laughs> the amount of eye contact I made with people. Yeah. Um, no, I, I did invite her to come. And uh, she very politely was like, well, no, I'm not going to come to that. It's psycho to see wow. someone. And it's going to be more painful for you if you're clearly not over this. So <laughs> how long did I don't mean to. Yeah. No, I do. No, I'm no, chuckling. No. Let's get it to it. And I'm, I'm going to own it. It's how, all very embarrassing. Yes. How long were you together? Not together. Not even long enough to be this angry. I would say maybe seven months. Give or take a few weeks. Okay, I think that's long enough. Okay. If you're 21, you're flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is this is insane. This person is uh, way out of my league. This is, never happens for us comedy folk. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then your brain's not fully formed, and you're also just, uh, you're a piece of shit. If you're 21, it doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> if you're like, I'm at a commune right now, and you're studying, you're a piece of shit. Um, so yes, in my piece of shit head, it was, uh, I had been wronged or was hurt. I mean, and okay. So, oh, that's really interesting that you met somebody that you went on to be in a long-term relationship with while leaving an art exhibit that you lived in while mourning a relationship that was never, uh, actualized. Which on paper, right? That's awful. That's an awful way to start. Any relationship. No, on paper, I buy that pitch. It is a great indie movie for A24. We're doing it. Thank you yes. so much. Or Neon or something. <laughs> Love Exhibited. It's, a, it's always some title that doesn't make sense. Those low-budget ones that are like, they are the mm-hmm. R of us. You're like, what? what? Adam Driver is always in it. It doesn't matter. Oh, Adam Driver would absolutely play play you and be like, I just don't know what I need. I know what I want, and it's you. And it's like, hey, we need you back in your box. And he's like, I gotta go. (laughs) He's so angry. I would watch it. Uh, Yeah, so I was in that thing, throwing a big old fit, (laughs) uh, uh, maybe doing sex in the art exhibit. With people? It's alluring. You were also fucking people in this art exhibit? Moses, this is wild. That sounds bad when you say it like that. There was, you know, people hook up, you're 21, and then some, that's where so, I was living. I'm sorry. So, oh, was it during exhibit hours? Yes. Well, well they're 24 hours, so everything was exhibit hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, like, would people wait till, like, the dead of the night be like, surely no one will be here at 3 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah, it was that. I mean, the thing is... LA is such a shitty city in that if you are just have an open spot and you're like, I'm doing this mm-hmm. performance thing, everyone will co-opt it for their own thing. Other artists came <laughs> in. It was a 2,000 square foot loft in a part of mm-hmm. town that if you ever got off of the exit, you're like, I made a mistake. There, there, mm-hmm. This is not even on the way to anything. <laughs> Downtown LA gets so scary after 5 p.m. 
It's just it there's no does. rules. Nightfall happens, and you're like, all right, people yeah. are just walking in the middle of the street. Okay. So if you say you have an anything goes art exhibit that uh, I can't really control, I was barely talking in there. People would show up. People would put up their own art. They would have art shows in there. The musicians would oh. come and practice there. They would put on shows there. <laughs> Ronnie Turioff, this is a real thing. Ronnie Turioff, a professional basketball player, had just started training for the Lakers because he got uh, traded or whatever. And then he started hanging out there. We had a dodgeball game there. It was like anything that people wow. wanted to do, I really couldn't say no to, happened there. So, uh, yeah, it was my entire life. It consumed everything. So sometimes people would uh, come there. And one of those people was me. That's great. Yeah. This is so funny to me. Okay, so you leave this art exhibit where uh, you were living. I get kicked out. I get kicked out of the art exhibit. Oh, how do you get kicked out of your art exhibit? So the LAPD has raided several buildings in downtown L.A. This is a real thing that people can look up. It was called Operation Fashion Police. No. I I shit you not. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like it's sounding, it's starring Mary-Kate and Ashley? Yes, that's so funny. So the FBI and uh, the DEA has raided several buildings. And mind you, this is the only building that would let me do this in L.A. Airbnb was just becoming a thing. I tried all mm-hmm. that avenue. I, I couldn't have a place where I was allowed to live and was also a place where people could constantly come in. I tried storefronts. Mm-hmm. I tried people's just a house. None of that I could afford or do. The one building, it was like a little sketchy. The guy was a little scary. He had mm-hmm. like old, he had like three old guys in his office that were like the muscle uh, when oh. I signed the temporary lease, which is okay. also major red flag it's like oh month by month <laughs> what do you what do you think is gonna happen in here <laughs> that is funny to be like i'll do month by month also i have bodyguards for yeah. your signature thank you so much i'm dangerous <laughs> so they uh the da they raid the uh, three buildings several buildings downtown la and it turns out that the guy that owned my building my landlord essentially was laundering money oh. uh, through these these uh fashion stores like if you're getting a quinceanera dress it's like Mm -hmm. four dresses in a room but they were laundering uh cartel money through this business and uh one of the apartments not mine this uh rich guy who was very mean to his girlfriend they found two hundred and fifty thousand dollars lining his walls they knocked on the drywall yeah so he got arrested. He made bail that night and was like, well, you gotta yeah, stop. you just have to fucking open another door and uh, d- dig up the drywall. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I mean, of course, I checked my walls. Nothing. <laughs> uh, he was like, you have you got to stop having so many people over. It wasn't mm-hmm. it was never packed up. It was not famous or anything. I mean, the most was like, oh, 100 people, which is kind of a lot. But. That is so many people. I can't imagine having a hundred people in my home. Yeah. But the other lofts, I mean, they were doing things like yoga slash edible class where you, people take mm-hmm. an edible and do yoga. So a lot of these lofts <laughs> are like creative spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, um, but I, I, people actually live there. So the, he was like, you can't have any more parties. And I didn't tell him what mm-hmm. I was doing. I wasn't going to explain it. Uh, so I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then just kept doing it. And uh, he got very upset. And... Uh, he he uh, he had his old muscle come over and say everyone needs to get out, like mm-hmm. two old guys, 
and um, everyone got kicked out. And then I guess those old muscle guys were getting in people that were just attending the art exhibit's face of like shoving them, like, got to get out of here. Uh, then the guy that runs a building got punched. So he was very upset. Yeah. Someone calls the cops. He goes up there to essentially kick my ass with his old, old guys. And uh, right, right as he comes in, he's like in my face. I'm like up, literally up against the wall. And he's yelling at me. Uh, then the cops come in and they break everything up. And I break the three-month lease agreement that we had, and I pack everything up, and I'm out before the sun's up. Dang. So you didn't have another place lined up. Where'd you go? Didn't have another place lined up. Uh, I moved back to Beachwood Canyon, baby. (laughs) It's the hot spot. UCB is at its prime. It's 2014. Uh, You and I auditioned for Heralds together. Oh, yeah. Which is where we met. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, neither one of us made it, I don't think. No. And then the both of us have been running on spite energy ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that was, oh, I was trying to get back onto Harold Knight. Yeah. And they were like, sorry about it. And I was like, I mean, okay. Which you were so funny in Harold's. And I think the UCB did not reward people like us. Maybe it's fair to them where we are, a lot of the notes that you get is a, hey, stop, stop being so funny in this scene. Stop controlling the scene. <laughs> I know you know yeah. you th- is what's funny and what's going to make this scene good, but you got to remember, we're doing a team sport here. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, okay, so I guess I could be on stage alone and do improv and I'll just call that stand up and I'll repeat them. I'll, pe- exactly. I'll repeat all them jokes. Yeah. So a lot of do things that. that make you successful now is. Uh, UCB is not into that at the time. Uh, now they're into anything. They'll take it. So Well, now UCB is, I think they're doing online classes. I, I don't know if the theater is going to open back up in LA. I don't know. Who knows? The one theater is very good. It's a very fun room that shouldn't work. And it's uh, still technically there, but everywhere else is closed. I mean, all the mm-hmm. the beast. That bad Hell's Kitchen venues uh-huh, closed. Uh-huh. The Chelsea one closed. Uh, Sunset closed. What a Cuomo brothers rise and descent. <laughs> you see that a very quick up and, and down. It really, yeah, it was very swift in both directions. Cuomo brothers. So how'd you, how'd you get into stand-ups? Oh, wait, no, I still want to know. Okay, okay, so you left. So then she <laughs> is leaving a relationship with uh, a guy that she's, probably been with for two years and had mm-hmm. just come from crying and uh i was a little late to the date because she was crying in her car so these are two very broken people sure that are in no place to give anything to anyone mm-hmm. which is what you should be you should your cup runneth over that you should be able to give something and then that's probably when you'll meet the person you're supposed to be with uh so she's yeah still reeling from her ex and him maybe or may not cheating on her. And mm-hmm. I'm dealing with my thing. She shows up very late to this date. Uh, and um, she had like little bits planned. She's like, have you oh. seen these new billboards? And I was like, I'm in love. Wait, really? Yeah, she had this whole bit about, uh, she's not a comedian by any means. But uh, she was just like <laughs> had things I had clearly done myself of like, oh, sometimes I didn't notice on a date I would prepare little like <laughs> the car was crazy traffic is crazy and then Wait, she had this so adorable i've never 
done that. Maybe I should start doing that. Have you never prepped for a date? No, it's I've gone on so many dates that before each date, I go, hey, Nicole, this one might be good. So just show up. Yeah. And then I show up and I try to like hold a conversation and try to be interesting. Is there, so, there's no like thought about the questions like, uh, how many siblings do you have? Or No, I, I guess I, I keep it pretty surfacey. I like, I don't get into like siblings or like how you're raised or any of that shit until like, I'm like, oh, I think I like you. I want to know things about you. Yeah. I start immediately with, do you think you should spank your kids? I get right down to it. Do you think you should spank your kids? No. I was spanked. I was like, no, don't do that. I was spanked too, and I don't think it's good. I think think it's more, uh, there's more weight to looking a child in the eyes and going, I'm really disappointed in your choices. Maybe you make better ones? And you're like, oh, man. Because I think when you're forced to think things through, of like, oh, Mm -hmm. this can make people mad, it's a little healthier than... Oh, do this thing not because it's right or you should have empathy towards other people that are going through a rough time. It's like, don't feel the hurt. I don't want to be hurt, so I won't do this. <laughs> I don't think that's a good way to approach things. I don't know if that makes I, me a good person. I think it makes you a good person. It makes you a person who like thinks things out, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'll donate to charity so I don't get hit. <laughs> yeah, I don't want fucking society to hit me. Okay, so you go on a date. I message her a joke message. Um, I was with other improv people when we had downloaded Tinder as a joke slash, mm-hmm. would it be the worst thing in the world if people thought I was cute? So I message her <laughs> uh, two days before Thanksgiving, and I say this exactly. I'd be like, do you want, should I get one or two pizzas for Thursday? Meaning mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Which is like, oh, that's the saddest thing I could think of. It's like trying to mm-hmm. get like two pizzas on a date. She did not get the joke. She was drunk enough and sad enough to be like, uh, I don't know, sure. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> showed up to date and really hit it off with this person that uh, by the time I had left the date, I was like, oh, that's it. That's that's the person. Uh, and then, you know, broke it off with the, almost that night of with the two other people I was kind of seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, post post art exhibit, and then um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, just started dating her, and things accelerated pretty quickly because of the time, meaning Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm-hmm. New Year's, uh, her birthday, and then Valentine's Day, very close. So you really had to make oh. moves quick. Okay, so did you spend Thanksgiving together? No, no, but did I you did spend f- Christmas together. I did Facetime her and. Uh, sort of introduce her to my family, which is the first time I've ever, ever done that. Oh, that's sweet. I yeah. love that. Um, speaking of, wait, real quick, we have to take a break. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Okay, so you mentioned you got to meet your family. I know very little about your family other than you were homeschooled and you grew up in a cult. Yeah, I, that's almost too generous. Both of those sentences, homeschooled implies that there was some school being done. Um, much to the ire of the uh, government and the welfare mm. office, uh, we did not have any schooling. I learned how to read and write at 18 slash right now, still learning. Okay. I still... If I'm doing a table read for something, especially it's comedy, I'll ask if I can get it ahead of time. Because mm-hmm. the cold read, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin your joke. I it's dyslexia, dysgraphia, and no schooling infrastructure. Wait, what's dysgraphia? Who's that? Dys- <laughs> dysgraphia sounds like who is she? Who is she? She sounds hot. Uh, dysgraphia is the order of things. It's if you were to tell me a phone number right now, it's the mechanical part of your brain that transmutes what you say into the actual physical act of writing that down. Mm-hmm. There's a disconnect there. So it's much more rare than than dyslexia. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, dyslexia and dysgraphia, you're essentially saying this person could never be literate. Even if I had every sort of schooling, any sort of program, mm-hmm. Sylvan Learning Center, it would be a little bit better. But I would never be a flawless reader. And hey, I think that's okay. I'm not super great at cold reading. I try to, I ask for scripts too in advance. Just because I'm like, it's table read. I want to at least be familiar, make a choice with the joke, and like practice the order of the words. Because sometimes my brain will switch things around. 
And I've had table reads where I go, oops, I'm sorry. And then I'll be like, I'll say that joke better. And then, yeah. you know, get that laugh because you, you know, you, you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and they're oh, like, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's tough. It's really fucking tough. Have you gotten tested for dyslexia? Um, I haven't gotten tested, but I'm pretty sure I do have it because yeah. someone will say words to me and I, they'll be like, repeat it. And I'll be like, hmm. And I'll have been listening and I <laughs> will think I have taken it in, but then I will have to think and like really rack my brain and be like, okay, they said this, 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 and this. And then sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's very wrong. That does sound like it. So I have the same thing. So yeah, you might. Yeah. Cause it's great. Cause if you have a disorder, it's like an excuse to not do things. It's great. <laughs> you might, oh, I suffer from depression or whatever. You know, if you have a fancy word for it, you could do anything. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in that situation where you're in the room auditioning for something and they're like, okay, I know you're in, you came in for sweet little girl next door, but you've mm-hmm. got to take these sides. This is uh, me. It's usually like you need to, there's this piece of shit character that you would be perfect <laughs> for. <laughs> Mine's like, okay, we know we like read you for the lead, but we're not going to cast a fat black as the lead. We really want you to read for Sally, her best friend whose lines are only, Yes, girl, I wrote for you. So, yeah, that's happened. That is it. That is it. Yeah. yeah. This is the queen, her, basically, her whole personality is Yas Queen. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now I've gotten better, a little more confident, and be like, no, actually, you need like 10 minutes or more to mm-hmm. actually look at this because I have this uh, fancy disorder and this $10 word. <laughs> but will you do it in the room or will you just say, like, no, let me come back? I've said, let me come back. I'll be like, I need time. And it's yeah. specifically, it's not because I was like being kind to myself. I just took an audition class where the guy was like, memorize the first three lines because they'll show that you made a choice or whatever. And I was like, okay. So then I'd be like, I got to memorize the first three lines. That's what that man told me. I paid good money. He told me. Yeah. So it's <laughs> literally why I asked for it. So you just memorize the first three and then you can yeah. go down and read in real time? No. So I would memorize the first three, read through it like five or six times And then if I felt like I was taking too long, I would go, I'm ready. Or they'll be like, are you ready? And I'll go, yes. And they go, oh, we'll just give you more time. We can see two other people than you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. By the way, anytime (laughs) I've been in the room and tell me this happened to you when they're like, oh, just look at it right now and then do it. I am not looking at this at all. I'm I'm pausing, but I have no plan. I'm not taking in any information on the page at all. And I think when you start out, you're so insecure about being there. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird thing that you don't know how to say what would be good for you. Because you have no other option. When did you yeah. feel like you had the option to say what would be good for you? I would say probably within the last four years. Okay. Which is like, I've been working since 2012. It's a minute <laughs> to be uh, like, same, yeah. this is what I need. Of like, yeah, that's not good for me. No, I can't. I don't want to say that line. Yeah. I mean, I've had times where there's jokes where I'm like, I cannot make fun of this older actress's face. Like, you have to change this line. And then a nice older gentleman who wrote the joke would be like, it's funny, though. And I go, okay, to you. But like... It's my face saying it. I would really love if you, the funny guy, could come up with an alt because, like, you're really funny, right? And that took a minute to understand that, like, I can say I don't want to say this. I don't have to say awful shit. 
Right, because it ultimately it is your face. And to the greater yeah. world uh, or people in the Midwest, when they watch a show, mm-hmm. they don't they know it's written. There's no there's a director, but it is you saying it. It's your face. Yes, and I will say. That's generous to some people in these other states and people who aren't in the industry. They go, you wrote that. You said that. You're yes. bad at jokes. And you're like, I I just said what was on a piece of paper. I, I gave it all. They didn't like it. I feel like you're <laughs> at the fame level now where you're going to be included in a documentary about like where, you know, when they're like, oh, Paris Hilton got a bad rap. And then they'll play a bunch of clips from shows and monologue <laughs> jokes that do not age well. It's always Jay Leno be like, Monica Lewinsky, I'm a big old whore. Yep. It's like, <laughs> that is not the Discord at all. They, Jay Leno jokes age, I mean, uh, worse than milk. Truly. There was one, oh, in the Britney documentary, they go through a bunch of late night jokes. Yes. And I was like, <gasps> I can't believe we as a nation just went, okay. Knowing what we know now, the hand sanitizer guy that got in a bunch of trouble uh, for up pricing everything in the um, in the New York Times article, the New York Times uh-huh. said that he was price gouging. It, he was just a, he sold things online. One of the things happened to be that, and then mm-hmm. because everyone's prices are raising, he his got raised. But people went after him. Yep, it's uh, it's a interesting fucking world we live in. Have you ever run into someone that you've m- maybe made fun of? Like, no. Oh, Tyrese, I had a joke about you. <laughs> Personal no, experience. No, I try really hard to not make jokes about people. People yeah. with names and shit. And yeah, I try really hard because I'm just like, I don't. I mentioned Joe Rogan in an episode of this podcast with a. Uh, I don't remember who the guest was, but then in the comments, you know, people are like, but do you listen to Joe Rogan? <laughs> it's like, no, I sure don't. Um, I just don't think he needs to be the spouter of information that you take to then live a life. He's a comic. Yes. I hope nobody's taking information from me and without questioning it, living their life. It's a comedy podcast. I'm just here to tee hee hee. Right. You know? And to be fair to Joe Rogan, which he doesn't need it, like the fact Please that CNN. Please be fair. I love Fear Factor. <laughs> CNN, like propagating him, they're just propping him up. They're just yeah. by saying like this is misinformation. You're only drawing more people there because it's alluring to think like, oh, here's an alternative opinion to what we're hearing. If I listen uh-huh. to him, maybe I'm smarter because I'm not doing what everyone else is doing. And they're promoting him more than he could ever promote himself. It is wild, and I feel like we don't know that, or maybe they do understand that. I don't know. It's like whenever you talk, like it's kind of like how when uh, Trump was president, every news fucking outlet covered him, talked about him, da 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 and then he stopped being president. I have heard not what, I really don't hear much about him at all anymore. Nothing. And I'm like, I know he was the president, so it was like, talk about him or whatever, but like the non-presidential shit he was doing, we didn't need to like cover, you know? Right, the gossipy thing, whatever, he got peed on in a hotel room, it's yeah, gossip. Th- you know, that didn't really get resolved. What was the point of covering that? How did you square that with your special? Because your special is really fun, and that's like, oh, this is just who you are. It's not a bunch of political jokes. It's not a bunch of COVID jokes. It You address it, but well, it's not. What was that? I was like, let's address it because it is a thing we all lived through. But I was like, what, am I going to take time to write jokes that were already done on Twitter better, that were already done on Instagram better, that were done by, like, one-hit wonders? Because that's what social media is. Like, when people are like, I went viral. I'm like, yeah, you're a one-hit wonder. 
it's hard for you to reproduce more funny content, but it's like that one hit wonder, it hit. You can't really, really talk about it. I was watching a different special the other day and it was a lot of COVID stuff. And I was like, and it was like, remember when we wiped down groceries? I'm like, yeah, everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. Every like I what is your take on it? Is there a take? No, maybe not. So I was like, let me just pop in and pop out and then talk about things that happened to me during the pandemic that may not have happened to other people. So that's that's my take on a lot of comedy where I'm like, my mother used to say, you're not reinventing the wheel. Like you can't. It's done. What's your take on the wheel? Everything has been done that, yeah, it's impossible to shoot for complete originality. So mm-hmm. is that as a step of like, I just selfishly asking for myself who's trying to set up another <laughs> one. Is it always like, okay, well, let me just keep investing in the personal material and not necessarily what's happening in the zeitgeist. I'm not going to be like, Ukraine, yeah. Russia, get over her, girl. Well- <laughs> Russia is obsessed with Ukraine. Oh my God. Russia's like, I'm like Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, I do keep it rather personal, which is like uh, something I'm like at odds about where I'm like, how much of my personal life do I actually want to be fucking talking about in public? And then, you know, you make an Instagram post and then someone brings up something you said on a podcast a year and a half ago or at a live show like two years ago. And you're like, man, people don't fucking forget. They yeah. don't. They just let it let it sit in their hearts for so long. So I don't know. I took a break from standup after my special for a minute. And now I'm trying to debate on what I want to talk about. Like just personally, I don't know what, how do you make a choice? Like, Wait, is your uh, special your special's not out yet? No, it is out. It is out. It's it making, is ready to come out. It's making huge waves. Uh, it was uh, on the 20th. Yeah. But, oh, fuck. I need to watch it because I'm excited to watch it. I think you're so fucking funny. Thank you for that. I think the biggest lesson watching yours is, I, I don't know, not being so precious about things. You are one of the most charismatic and entertaining people to watch as a person. Oh, thank that you. That I'm not watching you to be like, what's her take on Derek Sheldon? <laughs> it's like, I want to enjoy myself. I want to watch a funny person explore ideas and talk and uh yeah that was very helpful to be like oh yeah you could just essentially be yourself and that is that is enough that is enough because you are so charming as a person not everyone can do that we see plenty of specials that do not have material and just relying on personality (laughs) i will now name names and it's just like tee hee hee uh (laughs) but you got it one of my favorite shows that we did was it was at dynasty and you were talking about a ton of stuff from your childhood and growing up in a cult. And the audience really was like, we don't know. Oh, my God. My dog is barking. Clyde, <laughs> stop. That's not like he saw something. He like came in to yell at you. That was the energy. <laughs> he was like, excuse me. I don't like where this is going. But uh, it was the show we were talking about, like your childhood and... I think you were talking about Mickey Mouse and how Mickey Mouse wasn't like allowed in the house. Something about it. But the oh, yeah. audience really couldn't decide if you were joking or not joking. And I couldn't stop laughing. One of my favorite things is to watch someone be very funny and the audience go, I don't know. I don't know. Because I was, I it was like me, know. you, uh, Sashir, and, uh-huh. and, and Joel. So it's like we all know each yes. other. So we had essentially tuned out the entire audience and we were just talking. <laughs> I don't even remember them being there. I just remember telling you guys this thing. Oh, I think it was Star Wars. I'd never seen Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I'd only seen the edited version because of our religious upbringing. Any sort of violence in a movie 
uh, was edited out on two VCRs very harshly. Mm -hmm. So uh, all the (laughs) action sequences of Star Wars were taken out. And it was just <laughs> a guy moping in the desert, and then it cuts to a bathrobe on the ground. <laughs> and everyone's crying. So all of it was kind of, so I was like, I don't understand why people like this movie. This is the most boring movie imaginable. And it was only when I was an adult <laughs> that I saw the movie. I was like, oh, cool. But uh, yeah, I think that might have, might have been it. But I, I forgot they were there, and I just wanted to tell you guys that. As friends oh, of mine. Man. So, so funny. The audience really was just like, huh, um, okay. <sighs> were you not allowed to watch anything growing up or was anything, like, is there something you were watching as a kid? You're like, this is not for children like well, me. Well, my mother wouldn't let us watch Dawson's Creek, 90210, Melrose Place, but we watched Ally McBeal um, and then like Jerry Maguire. It was like a lot of like pretty overtly sexual things. And then, like, a lot of, like, fighting things. I'm trying to think, like, what kind of action movies we had. Just, like, Mission Impossible. I don't know. Like, it was, was just, Dawson's, like, a... Was Dawson's Creek seen as, like, how Euphoria is seen? Like, for the 90s, was Dawson's Creek... Because I never watched anything growing up. So was that, like, a sexual show? Well, my mother just didn't like that Pacey fucks his teacher at some point. It's either in the pilot or, like, in the series. And my mom was like, no, that's not right. So we watched things that she liked. Like, I remember being, I don't know, 12, and we watched this movie called Soul Food, and two characters were, like, fucking against a wall standing up, and my mom just slowly, like, just turned and looked at me, and she said, that's hard to do. And I was like, oh, I don't, why would you, And that's how you learned about (laughs) sex? Yeah, by being deeply uncomfortable with my mother and her being like, takes a lot of balance and core strength. It really, and then, unless he doesn't have a natural banana curve, it is very hard to do that. I mean, I've always been very fat, so no one has ever attempted it with me. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever been like, you know what I want to do? Hurt myself. Not even you know? for the ego of just like, <laughs> I could do it. It's not enjoyable. Nope. So many things that are, oh man, that's a lesson I wish I would have learned much earlier is like so many things that are mm. in movies or even in porn is does not feel even remotely good. One for her, let alone for you. It's not fun. There's nothing well, wrong with a good old missionary. I like missionary. I right? feel like people really knock it and it's nice. You just move legs around and then you get different angles and it's very, it's your face is there. It's nice to look at someone's face. Your titties are there. And someone, you slap them around a little yeah. bit. It's nice. You know me, I always slapping titties. Kissing and slapping titties. <laughs> it is the best. It, it just feels like, oh, everything fits. This is, yeah. Uh-huh. I, feel, I feel like a Republican in Michigan because I'm like, this is right. <laughs> this, is, this is what God intended it. Have you ever had sex in a shower? Yes. I have not because. I am deeply scared of slipping, falling, being knocked unconscious, and then the person like either leaving me or also slipping, falling, and being knocked unconscious. And then we wake up and we go, who are you? And then we don't know each other. <laughs> and you're naked and that's how you have to say hello to the world? Yeah. It, okay, and it's awful for another reason that they don't talk about in movies is that any sort of natural lubricant that the body mm. provides is now washed away. So if you're having sex, Ah. one, it's like, I'm a little cold. I want to stay in the hot water. (laughs) And then in that process, you kind of have to be behind. The guy has to kind of be behind or guy on Mm -hmm. guy. 
And then any natural uh, lubrication gets washed away immediately. Mm. So it's not that enjoyable. It just looks so hot in movies. Movies do a really good job of like making sex look like it's this like raw thing where everyone's like, I want you. Yeah. Some of the best sex I've ever had was like just going tee. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to do it yet for uh, a show or a movie? A sex scene? I have given three blowjobs on screen, but like not on screen, but like just like kind of going out of frame. Yeah, it's you like ducking and there's the AC next to you. There's just like a Uh camera assistant. Okay. (laughs) Being like, that was funny. (laughs) You're like, thank you. It's funny to think about whenever I watch TV and someone exits a scene, I'm like, they're like in a closet with somebody else where like that's where the set ends or they're like dodging other things through the set or they're crouched really low somewhere, so they're out of frame. Yeah. It's really funny to me. Yeah, these like big, like yeah. If it's like a hot sex scene, it's like he, I'm gonna, I'll be back, and then he's gotta like duck under a softbox <laughs> and a light. <laughs> it, it is the most awkward thing because uh, the sex scenes that I have done, you've had to fill out paperwork before because there's a nudity oh. clause for any everything, and everything is agreed upon before of uh-huh. how much is gonna be shown. Um, and and like what you're allowed to do essentially mm-hmm. so it's like oh it's agreed upon there's 100% consent so by the time you get into it and you're having to stay there for focus marks you're having to go back mm. to one it is the least hot experience it is uh, when i hear stories of people getting hard on set i'm like that is so far from my <laughs> mind right now this is so <laughs> deeply awkward and mechanical yeah, I've never been turned on and like kissing someone either because it's just like a camera's whipping around. Did you hit your mark? You didn't hit your mark. And then you're like, ooh, what did you have for lunch? Oh, also, you don't learn your lines. And that's not fun for me. I don't like you as a person. Yeah. And then you're like, you're hearing burps from crew members. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that, that smells like what lunch was. It was Spanish style rice. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Ooh, you really enjoyed it. I think the first one I did was in an unreleased James Franco movie, meaning when he was uh, doing his very litigious program at UCLA, I was in one of those movies that it was so risque that it was unreleased. Imagine James Franco being like, that is too much. That is the line. This teen gangbang is not (gasps) what I... uh, God, what is your life? You're like in the right place at the wildest times. Like that's <laughs> have you seen a cut of that movie? No. And 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 then trying to like hit up the director for just like footage for my reels pretty early on. So I was like, I'll take any footage. Mm-hmm. Uh was very cagey about it. So yeah, it was very weird. It's like female director, but that doesn't make it better. But essentially mm-hmm. it was like uh like four guys and a girl in a room and she was like at a level of intoxication where it's like, I don't know, is this uh, okay? And I think that was the mm-hmm. question of the movie. Uh, so I played, you know, one of the pieces of shit in the movie. And that w- even that, even though it was like very low budget, was a very like meticulous contract of what we were allowed mm-hmm. to do, what we were allowed to show. So by the time we got to it, it's like one and two and three mm-hmm. and four <laughs> and cut and reset. The second one was like a mutual uh Mutual masturbation scene via okay. Skype. Yes. That wasn't great either. Okay. Regular Skype sex isn't even that good. 
I've never had Skype sex. I think I'd rather just not do it. Right. That is always the I can f- just yeah. wait. I could just wait. There's the whole internet. I could do that. I don't have yeah. to see you. Yeah, I could just do a quick Google search for someone who looks similar to you, similar to me, and, uh, you know, I'll watch that and have a nice time alone. Did anyone try in the lockdown, anyone you might have been dating or flirting, being like, hey, let's get on and maybe we do things? You better believe not one person. Not I reached all. out to someone that I had been dating right before lockdown happened, and he was like, no, thank you. And I was like, okay, she's riding this solo. And then there was a point I was like, I think I'm just going to be alone forever. And then people were like, Zoom dating. And then I did one and I was like, okay, again, I think I'm going to be alone forever. And then they're like, we're going to have a vaccine. And then that took a couple months and then I got the vaccine and then started dating again. Bad. It's bad. Yeah. Real quick, we have to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer? 
with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. <laughs> I can't wait to ask this question. What was worse, <laughs> Zoom dating or Zoom stand-up comedy? Here's the thing. I refused to do Zoom stand-up comedy. That's why she's successful. That is exactly why you are <laughs> successful. That is the comedic mind being like, this is not good. This is not conducive for what this trick of an art form is. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. laughing because that person's laughing next to yeah. me. And oh, my like, God. I, I could just monologue by myself in my house with nobody responding. <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah. do that on Zoom with a shitty connection and then be like, did you hear the last thing I said? I just, I was like, I learned how to do stand-up in front of people. I don't want to have to learn how to do it for no people and then go back to doing it for people? No yeah. one should have to bomb in their own living room. <laughs> if you've ever bombed before, and it happens if you're writing like you should be, you leave the venue as fast as possible. Uh-huh. You go, no, thank you. That was very bad. Sorry about it. <laughs> you shouldn't then watch Tiger King in the same room. <laughs> Get out of there. Yeah, shut the laptop up. And then you're like, I guess I'll watch Netflix now and really think about how I can improve. I bailed on every single one of them. I think the one thing I did with my show when you were on is like, oh, let's just talk to people because I'm not going to make them do stand up because everyone Mm -hmm. bailed on it. Everyone was like, they would start with a joke of like, everyone's making sourdough bread these days. And I'm Uh just thinking like, we got a date, but we're also having... Do you guys want to see my cat? And they'd bring up some cat that doesn't want to be in the frame. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way you can do it. Just like, do you want to see things in my house? Yeah, the pandemic. Like, I, I, I know we needed to laugh and stuff, but I was like, there's other ways. I did two Zoom happy hours, and I was like, I can't. This, I couldn't possibly. I'll never do that again. Yeah, because even if you're saying something offhand, the way that Zoom works is it'll take priority to who's ever the <laughs> loudest. So uh-huh. if you were performing or if you're doing a happy hour, if some like Midwest mom was like, that's true, that's that true, it would just <laughs> immediately go to her and then cut your audio off uh-huh. for the end you're of like, your joke. Oh, okay, cool. I will say the only thing that has stuck with like a Zoom anything is I will watch like TV with someone on Zoom. If I'm like, uh, you were exposed to COVID, great. Oh, we had plans to watch this. We can just watch it on Zoom, watch the show, talk at commercial. That's kind of nice. That's great. That's the, the only thing I will do over Zoom that's social. Whatever you have with that person is what you need in a relationship. Oh. Because that's most of life. So if someone's like hot as shit and the sex is good, that's maybe, if we're being generous, 18 minutes mm-hmm. out of the day. Okay. Uh, closer to the three. So if <laughs> you can't do that, and that's most of life. Most of life is not that endless emails and vacations. Most of life is a show is out. Emily mm-hmm. Paris is out. Can you be comfortable shitting on that show? In between commercial breaks. That Mm -hmm. is, in my head, the closest thing that I've felt to love. Oh. Well, that is what I want. I do. I keep saying, I'm like, all I want is somebody to sit on the couch with and watch. I've been watching The Office to watch The Office with me. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's all I want. I just want, like, to look at someone and be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think the the what I see from the outside is you're a very, very outgoing, very charismatic, very fun person. And the kind of people that that sometimes draws are those people that are a little uh, unhinged. 
They mm, like a yeah. good time. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. after you have come and you get that clarity and you're with that person, <laughs> you're like, this person is not, I don't want to say any words to this person <laughs> about this I, show. Yeah. I have dated a lot of people where like after sex or like during the day, like you sleep over and you wake up and you're like, oh, we literally, we can't talk. There's nothing to talk about. I don't think there's a thought in your head or I'm like very hungover and I'm like, hello. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not good in the mornings or com- yeah. comedians. We're only good at night. Like I'm not yes. even close to being on. It's not like, don't you want to see me before my coffee? It's like, I'm a little bitch until <laughs> noon. You don't want to meet this little bitch. Have you ever had the thing where you uh, have someone that's from out of town stay with you? And it's like mm-hmm. a hookup thing. That is the, that is hell. Wait, no, I've never had a hookup from out of town. Like someone you met in New York, maybe, or they live in New York, and they're like, I'm going to come out to L.A., and we're fucking, so we should maybe stay together. And then they stay with you, and then they're just always there, because they don't know anyone. No, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. I did that. For how long? How long did they stay? It was only a week, but it felt like a year. Um, (laughs) It was someone I met on Birthright. It's a free trip that is supposed to bring down Palestine. They give Jews a free trip so that more Jews will uh, go to Israel, get married there. They'll pay for your wedding. Yes. Uh, They will pay all your expenses if you meet someone on birthright and get married there. Uh, Oh, wow. On birthright? Aren't you like 16? You're uh, 18. I went when I was uh, 20. So it was like, oh, oh, you can technically kind of drink. Wait, didn't you grow up with Christian missionary parents? Oh, yeah. But my name is Moses Storm, and my dad (laughs) is a little Jewish. So that was enough. Because it's not, it is not for like educating Jews. It is legitimately there to get more Jews than there are Palestinians. That's why it's state funded. It is, uh, yeah, in my head. Mm-hmm. This is my own personal beliefs. And okay. why won't you date me? It does not support this in any way. <laughs> I'm ignorant to the, I really have not done enough research to have an educated uh, thought on it. The whole trip is that you just go on a series of first dates. Oh. 20 guys, 20 girls, and <gasps> you're going whitewater rafting, and then a hike, and then <gasps> it's some propaganda at a, at a temple. And then you get to all stay in a commune. And I was like, no drinking. But does anyone want to ride to the city? And then everyone <laughs> drinks all night. Everyone hooks up on birthright. Even the kid with the neck towel hooked oh, up. The kid that was okay. so sweaty, he had to carry a neck towel around. Even he. Even he got, got some ass? Some. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a fuck trip. How much Jewish in me do I need? Oh, God. What a wild sentence. You could go. You could go. I could go? You could go. Yeah. You could be like, I tripped close to a matzo ball one time. And like, that's enough. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> you got you to quite the following, Nicole. Yeah, send me to Birthright. I was, I did a commercial. You can't find it anywhere. I think I've deleted it from the internet. I did an Israeli Nestle commercial where I played a very sassy fairy who <laughs> just moved her neck around. And she was like, chocolate, everybody. <laughs> this is how Israel sees you. Uh-huh. Well, the casting director said, if you go too black, I'll bring you back. Um, and they we I flew to uh fucking Bucharest, uh, Romania to shoot it. And then my flight was canceled. I was like, I need to leave Bucharest. So I flew, I got a different flight, flew to Tel Aviv 
and then flew back to New York from Tel Aviv. And there was a bunch of people from Birthright on who were like giving hand jobs under blankets yes. and like moaning. And I was like, on the plane? Yes, it is. Oh my God, that happened exactly on our flight out. There's like Orthodox <gasps> or like actually Jewish guys praying by the bathroom. And then right next to that was two 16 year olds giving each other the driest hand jobs where you oh, could hear it. Boy. You could hear it just shh, shh. It's like a, like a. <laughs> Like a Avena ad of like really, dry skin. <laughs> That's how early was that? Is that present day Nicole being like Israel? No, no. this is twenty fourteen. No, this what? Yeah, I think this was twenty. No, it was before I moved to LA, so it was like two thousand eleven ish. Yeah, yeah, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Yeah, it was truly wild. Also, everybody in Ro- in Romania was so little. Everyone was so short, <laughs> and everyone kept staring at me. They're like, "That's the biggest, darkest person I've ever seen." <laughs> That's where you have your wall sex. That's where you want it. They're at the right angle. Uh huh. That's Just the small place enough to try to it. Climbing my pussy. It is wild that jobs we took early on. I took some very bad jobs. Oh yeah. One of the jobs. What was, was one I- of your first jobs? Oh, the first like job, like this is paying money. It was made by all the creators of Two and a Half Men, the Ooh. biggest show at the time in men, 2012. What a song that has aged perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first ever uh, s- uh, product placement sponsored show on Hulu. It was a sitcom that was mm-hmm. heavily sponsored by Subway. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I'm like, hey, I'm sorry your mom died in that car accident. I wish everything was as easy as this meatball marinara with tangu <laughs> sauce. It was that heavy. And we did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And uh, one of the behind-the-scenes things is uh, Jared from Subway came to visit oh, the set. No. Me being uh, 20 and so eager to please and so excited to have a job that wasn't the eight restaurant jobs I had. Uh-huh. was saying anything and everything to the behind-the-scenes camera. Oh, so boy. After the charges are announced against Jared from Subway uh, for some CP, uh, and now <laughs> Jared is being sentenced to mm-hmm. possess the child per- pornography. He's being sentenced. So it's well after it's public knowledge he's been proven guilty. There's still a video of me up on this show one of the behind the scenes, uh, really sweet talking Jared. I think what I said uh-huh. is it's so cool to have Jared on set with our oh, show. God. I mean, you go into every subway and you see him. <laughs> and Jared is really the Brad Pitt of subway. Cut <laughs> <laughs> the clip. Jesus, that's really it. fucking funny. That's really bad. What a cosign. He's the Brad Pitt of Subway. He's the Brad Pitt of Subway. (laughs) That is so funny. That's, oh, what a dream of a story. Wait, do you have that footage? No, because I I regret this more than anything in my life, even more than inviting that girl out here to stay with me for a week, even though we had no plans, (laughs) was that because I had to message, Facebook was still a thing, I had to message one of the producers because everything had been scrubbed. There was no sign Mm -hmm. of Jared on any of the websites, uh, any of the episodes of the show. We did four seasons. Oh, my God. Everything was scrubbed of him. The one mm-hmm. video that was up, if anything of Jared, was one, like, a conspiracy video of, like, Jared has been running a ring. And then the other one was me saying, Jared from Subway is the Brad Pitt of Subway. 
Oh, boy. So I messaged that, and then like, oh, my God, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. And then they took it down that night. And I hate Oof. myself for that. Because what a... For that, not screen recording it first. I know. That's so fucking funny. You have a joke in your... Uh, wait, maybe it's not in your special. Maybe I saw it in your Conan set. But it's about going to cheer... You wanted to go to football camp, but then you ended up going to cheer camp, and then... I'm not doing the joke justice, but it makes me no. laugh really hard. We grew up very poor, and it's a lot of kids. So a mm-hmm. lot of the times, it's you are doing things just because your other siblings are also doing them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a great idea to see an R-rated movie, but it's like, uh, it, it, everyone just do it. So you get bats together. <laughs> and then one of the summers, uh, my two sisters wanted to go to this cheer camp, and five minutes away, at least in my head, it's probably exaggerated for comedy, it might be more like, 15, but was a boys mm-hmm. basketball camp. and uh, Oh, basketball. Then, of course, I wanted to go to it because, like, boys do basketball. And it's mm-hmm. 1999, so there's hard gender lines. <laughs> it's not like now. Where it's like, you could be whatever you want. You could, <laughs> you could be on a Subway web series. Uh, <laughs> so I had to go to the cheer camp and was sentient enough to be like, this is lame. Boys don't do cheer. But then because I was smaller than all of the girls... Mm-hmm. Uh, got thrust into a position. I had to be the flyer. Which oh. have you ever seen Cheer on Netflix? Uh huh. It's essentially the job. You're getting tossed in the air. It's always the smallest yeah. girl that's. It's the safest to throw her up. So that was mm-hmm. me. So <laughs> impossible to lay low. I was essentially the face of the organization. <laughs> and. <laughs> and then eventually, at the end of the summer, there are like treat like the final talent show or whatever it was that we get to go up to the, uh, the boys basketball camp, the same exact one that I went to go to and then mm-hmm. cheer them on for a game. And it went exactly <laughs> as well as you could imagine. <laughs> it's really funny. Were you always funny growing up or, or did you p- pretty early on, like if anyone's going to bully you, it's like, I right, let me, let me eight mile you. Let me say the worst thing about myself. I would, I guess I would make fun of myself before anybody else could, but also I was always like loud and friends with people. So like, like I grew up around a bunch of white people. So people would be like, yeah, but you're not black, black. Or they'd be like, you're not fat, fat. And I'm like, oh, I mean, those are two things that I am, am. So I don't really understand what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. And why are they framed as a negative? You're not like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Were you funny growing up? Uh, no, I mean, we weren't around anyone growing up. I was maybe mm-hmm. funny with my siblings to break tension, but it wasn't for the greater good. It was just like, I need attention because there's so many of us. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was 18 and everyone's asking you, what are you going to do with your life? I could barely read or write. So I was like, well, the one thing I'm kind of good at and the thing I'm interested in is comedy. So maybe if I start to develop that, that could possibly be something I could monetize. Mm-hmm. I think it's always bullshit when people say, I couldn't do anything else. Like, well, you could work at Taco Bell. Yeah, you could. You could, yeah, yeah, you could take a job anywhere. You could, yeah. I worked retail for a very long time. Exactly. I thought I was going to be a manager of Elaine Bryant for a very long time until I was like, I can't work here anymore. I got to go. Because you were good on the sales floor. You're just... Insane. Oh, I'm great. My dad used to be like, you could sell ice 
to a hot person. I don't know what the phrasing is. You can sell ice to a hot person. Yeah, because ice. I, you can sell hot bars. Like, you can sell you know, whiskey. You meat. can sell <laughs> whiskey. You can hot. sell whiskey to uh, a drunk. I don't know. Whatever. You. I could sell like I was a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But they they would push this fucking credit card on people. This Lane Bryant credit card with this awful fucking interest rate. It was like. I don't know, 38% or something stupid. Um, and they'd be like, open up these it's credit so cards. That's <laughs> so much. And I was really good at getting women to open up these credit cards. And then when I like learned about credit, I was like, what are we doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, creating debt so this company could keep going. So then I would go, hey, do you want to save 5%? And they go, yes. And I go, if you don't pay this off today, you're not actually saving 5%, but you're going to lose money in the long run. So if you want the 5%, want the perks of the card, but you have cash and you were going to pay with your debit card or your credit card, but you have a lower interest rate, open the credit card. It will ding your credit score. So if you're looking to buy something, I wouldn't do that today. Pay it off immediately. And then I got in trouble. They were like, you can't tell them to pay it off immediately. And I was like, then I'm not going to ask them to open the cards, but I would always win contests. Because they wanted the... Is this 2007, by the way? Yeah. Oh, of course. But So you're partly responsible for the financial collapse. <laughs> <laughs> Just pushing credit on people that cannot afford it. The gold buy, uh-huh. this is what you get canceled for. Uh-huh. This, this is, is it. They're like, we figured it out. <laughs> it was Nicole Barrett fucking Lane Bryant that caused the fucking uh, housing crisis. 38%. No, but I was, I was trying to solve it. I was like, you got to pay it off immediately. And if you aren't yeah. going to pay it off, don't open that card. Oh, that's exactly what I did. Because I grew up dog shit poor. So one of my mm-hmm. scam jobs I had when I first moved here was selling beauty products on college campuses. And I felt <laughs> so shitty. You I, you would have to cold open a, uh, a girl and be like, excuse me, do you go to salons? Because your hair is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would you would sell them this like scam uh, package where they would get a discount uh, at like local salons and uh, like a, a beauty store, like their version of Sephora. Uh-huh. And I felt so shitty about it. This guy would pick us up in this dirty dirty Mercedes and he was like <laughs> greasy hair and he had like a like lift but it was just like not a reason you shouldn't trust someone but I just sure. remember watching his mouth in the sun being like it's, it's like this is how you do it excuse me do you go to Falanth and it was so creepy to approach college uh-huh. girls that way uh, and then so by the time I finally got a sale I I threw it away or I, I purposely put the number in wrong and I threw away the correct one to turn oh. into a fake one because I felt so shitty about the, the fact that it was a scam. I mean, it is shitty and it doesn't feel good. Like I watched that documentary on LuLaRoe. Do you know about that? The leggings? No. So it's like a pyramid scheme where you buy a bunch of product and then you sell the product and you can make a ton of money. But the way you actually make product or make money is by getting people under you to also sell the product. And it became so widespread that these towns were just people selling product. Like how can you sell it if eight people in the same development are doing the same thing as you. That's like herbal life. Yeah. That's yes, herbal life. Yeah, yes, it is herbal life. You're buying the inventory and yes. the only people that are gonna buy it is is I don't know, the one person that's not signed up is leggings. Yeah. It's yeah, it was leggings, shitty leggings. And if you ever go to a thrift store, they're covered. They're just in every thrift store. So many. But like I just don't understand scamming people. Like that seems Weird to be like, I'm going to get rich based on you having a bad time. 
I guess yeah. that's capitalism, baby. And and in your head, it's like it's not the worst thing because I'm getting them involved and they could sell mm-hmm. to other people. But then you're yeah. that person, which, by the way, this yeah. is a real piece of shit feeling I had very recently. But um, like someone you got turned down by in high school, uh, them getting involved in a pyramid scheme and hitting <laughs> you up is one of the greatest orgasms known to man. <laughs> oh, now that you want to talk. Very funny. I'm sure it's have happened had to people. people come out of the woodwork, like as you have been more and more successful, like come out of the woodwork. Moses, oh my God, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There have been people uh, that, Weird, yes, right? people that I've not talked to in years and years. And it all starts with like, hey, long time, so many moons since we've seen. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you're waiting for like, what's the, what's the ask? Um, because you're not doing that well i think when people see you like oh nicole you got a show netflix it's not it's not a night and day experience it's not the 90s where you've won the lottery i mean boy oh boy i'd love to time travel and get one job in the 90s right and you know and come back to now and just be so fucking rich the insane contracts and i think people's perception back home Mm -hmm. is that that is what's still happening and yeah. it's not this new media scam. Mm. New media is a mm. word for we're not going to pay you anything. We're not going to pay you residues. We don't know how to figure that out. Oh, no. It's just the it's, old internet. It's uh, who knows who goes on there. Dot it is who. so wild. Yeah. Our union keeps arguing. Like when new media contracts came out, like in the beginning, they were like, it's not going to stick around. And then when it stuck around. Our union wasn't like, pay us more. It was just like, we're just so thankful to have these jobs. Pay us whatever you want. But like yes. the fucking writers get, will be like, we'll strike. We don't need agents. And then agents were like, okay, we want you back. It's just uh, actors are so, I don't want to say sad and desperate, but like. But there's so many people that will fill your job. I think writing is not alluring yeah. to people because you have to do the work. Stand up is not mm-hmm. alluring to people. Not anyone can do it because you have to physically go down right, Mm -hmm. go to a college in New Orleans where there's just the students (laughs) that booked you, you're performing in front of. Uh And you're in a weird conference room and you're going to bomb real hard. Under office lighting. And they Uh haven't announced that a show is happening. So it takes about 30 minutes for them to realize Nicole Byer is not doing announcements. She's talking (laughs) about her life and what she thinks is funny. Have you been brought up by the the college student that has, one, never spoken in front of people? Yes. Two, will read your entire website bio. Whole thing. Whole Wikipedia page. Every lie you put on there from 2012 (laughs) of like Sundance uh, submit ease, Sundance watching (laughs) filmmaker. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. They say your name first and then they say this whole thing. And for Uh some reason, the last line in my bio was, uh, and from the controversial Burger King commercial. (laughs) (laughs) So on a college campus, like, wait, what did he do? What did he do? What kind of what what kind of whoppers was he was he shooting off? What, What's going what, on? What did he say? What 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 kind of makeup <laughs> was he in? Yeah, that's fucking funny. Um, one of the colleges they uh, thought it was a cute idea to spray paint my name on a mm-hmm. mattress as a way to advertise. But mm. and then uh, if anyone's familiar with college campuses, uh, that's where you spray paint. If you spray paint a mattress and you carry that around campus, that means someone uh, was a victim of a crime that happened to them. Oh, no. Assault, sexual assault. So I was like, that is not cute even a little bit. 
Oh, can no. we think of another? And it was like Moses Storm, last comic standing. I don't know why. I was like, can we no. not put it on anything? Not a mattress. That's fully fucking wild and very funny. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Okay. What advice would you give me to uh, capture someone's heart to love me? <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. I. It would be. It, it's again going back to what we were saying. It is about finding that person for the other, essentially, twenty three hours in you know fifty minutes of of the day. So it's knowing that you want that, and you know that sex and a good time is such a <laughs> short part of a relationship. So it would be one, allowing yourself to be okay with that, that not every single day with this person is the most exciting thing you've ever felt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not this wild ride of like, will they, won't they? Is just allowing yourself to be like, no, it's fine that this is just a a person. And um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. You're the last person I've ever said, be yourself. Because even on stage, <laughs> even during a special, you are the most yourself that any comedian has ever been in their life. So it's not that. I think it's just about you not lowering your standards, but being okay with a different mm. standard. Okay. All right. This is coming from someone, by the way, like always see where the advice is coming. This is from someone who got cheated on and then moved into an art exhibit that was laundering <laughs> drug money. So not a grain of salt. But then went on one pillar. Tinder date and found love. Yes. So he did something right. But was not looking for it at all. Was not. Maybe that's what it's got to be. I got to just walk into the world, not looking for love. But isn't that bullshit? Even by not looking for it, you are looking for it. Yeah. That's a bit, you, you can't have it until you don't want it. It's like, well, okay, let me not want it. And then you are, by the act of that, wanting it. Wanting it. It's impossible. Yeah. You have to really be at your wit's end oh, with everything. Well, she's almost there. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, so Moses, this is the end. We did it. Thank you for doing it. Your special White Trash is streaming on HBO Max. Do you have anything else you want to promote? Your show just got picked up, right? Uh, yeah. Moving to New York for that. Uh, Trash White is on HBO Max. It's the first trash thing I ever- Trash White? Yeah, because it's like a different kind of white trash. You get it, Nicole? Wait, it's not White Trash? No, it's the other way around. I think I might have typed did it I wrong. Did I say Trash White in your intro? Uh, you, we said White Trash, but it's fine. It's like the same words. No. It'll come <sighs> up. It'll come up. It's fine. I'm now looking at it. I'm like, it definitely says trash white here. And I just really flipped it. Dyslexia. This is all, it's all full circle. Um, boy, oh yeah. boy. That's boy, it. oh boy, Moses. How awful. Uh, I'll be at Caroline's in New York. I think it's like March 26th. Like, that's the only thing by the time this, this comes out. And then, uh, yeah, working on part two of the special. Because it leaves on a cliffhanger. That's fun. Uh-huh. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm excited. I should have watched it before, but I, for whatever reason, I thought it came out in February. Oh, no, this comes out in February. But you should know, in the special, I go after you. I'm uncomfortable <gasps> with how much. It is a gotcha oh. special. Oh, I can't fucking wait to see what you said about me it's, and your it's trash white, trash, trashy McTrasherson-ness. <laughs> it's a roast. It's a roast. I pull up commercials <laughs> from Israel like, look at this money look at monster. This one commercial. <laughs> Moses, thank you so much. 
Um, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you could like, you could rate, you could subscribe on fucking Apple Podcasts or whatever. And if you write me something nasty to an uh, email address, which is why won't you date me at gmail.com, I will read it. This nice person, yeah, you gotta hit on me and say something nasty. So this person said, Ooh, baby, Nicole, I wanna shove a can of whipped cream in your big, beautiful cheeks and have you clench them real hard until the whipped cream squirts out and onto my face while I'm eating your ass. Thank you. <laughs> or, yeah, ass has so many S's in it. Ass. This person has never had sex before. <laughs> never even seen a video. The whipped cream goes where the butt is. <laughs> and they truly think I'm more talented than I am. I don't think I c- I'm trying to clench. I don't think I could make a whipped cream squirt with a clench. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.